0: taking my time. I feel like I'm out of my mind. I feel like my life ain't mine. I've been on the low. I've been taking my time.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to Project 8. G and Bree, and we got a new setting here. We're at the house of Jimmy Pearson. He is a 91 ambulance owner, uh, COO, in fact, and he will take you from being entry level, all the way to him being COO, and he'll take you through whatever it takes to be that level. Uh, Jimmy, welcome. Thanks, guys.
0: It's awesome to be here.
1: Um, I can't thank you
0: guys enough for coming and what you're doing for our industry, but thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you for having us. Um, so just to you know, point blank, start it off. Yeah. How did you How did you start off the family business?
0: so you know we're we're blessed to be in a family business my grandparents and uh uncle immigrated from italy uh, my actually my aunt marisa my aunt Alda. so my mom's one of four um and my uncle my grandparents my uncle was an emt in sacramento uh and i'm kidding kind of how it's part of my history too right you know so i know but he started as an emt in sacramento with was superior ambulance um through a friend heard of a italian owner named jimmy burton which is kind of weird but it uh, didn't sound too Italian, but uh, in Vallejo that was selling um, his ambulance service. And my grandparents, like I said, they immigrated. Uh, my grandpa started as a taxi cab driver. <laughs> they had nothing. Actually, so crazy, back in those days, you had to be sponsored. to I come mean, I think it's still the same, but um, his aunt at the time, when he bought a house in East Sacramento for like $8,000, right, <laughs> um, she thought he was making too much, so she fired him. <laughs> um, and he had to start uh, they started a janitorial service in Sacramento and that's what they did at night in downtown and K Street um, and they cleaned those buildings and they, they moved to another house that, that our family still owns to this day on B Street um, and I don't, I'm giving you too much but this is kind of the history of how we got yeah. here right and um, they paid their house off, they were retiring and my uncle had this idea to buy an ambulance service and so If you were a 65-year-old immigrant who had your family paid off, your house paid off, would you give your kid a loan,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. right? And so uh, they helped my uncle. They mortgaged their home, uh, gave him the down payment to buy what is now Medic. Mm. And so that's, you know, Medic was, that's June 1, 1979. I was born in 84, so Mm. Medic's older than me. So my entire life, my summers, were going to Medic, or seeing ambulances, seeing the red lights. Seeing the paramedics and EMTs around the station, Travis, Grace, um, old school name, and 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 all. Actually, it's so funny all the current captains and battalion chiefs, uh, retired chiefs. I grew up with as kid, as a as a kid at medic. I would watch the ambulance. Uh, My grandma, my grandma, my aunt Marisa, who I said earlier, she became part of medic in 1980. My mom came in 1988. Um, and my grandma, I said again, my Aunt Marisa is blind, <laughs> right, legally blind, but she would work in dispatch. And this was before hmm. CADS, right? You didn't need to click on a computer, right? Everything was handwritten. Yeah. So as a seven-year-old, I'd see it, and I loved it, right? Mm. I loved, you know, I liked chess even at that age. And so I would sit down with her, and I would write out, you know, she would take the call from the 911 center. She'd write it out, and then I would either call the station and tell them they had a call or go over the radio. And I'd love to hear those recordings <laughs> of a seven-year-old dispatching you to a 911 call. But you'd write it out, you'd stamp it, and do all that. And I just, I loved it, right? Mm-hmm. I remember to this day, I think I was like 10 or 11, and Travis, and um, actually, talking about full circle. Um, at the time, her name was Isabel uh, Leach. She's now Isabel Bostock. She's an ER tech at um Kaiser, and she was a long-time EMT and paramedic for us, and her son George works for us now. Mm. And so I remember George. Boss and, Sock, yeah, yeah, Bossock, right. So, <laughs> uh, but Izzy, I remember them coming back from a stabbing back in the day. In that days they didn't wear gloves. You only wore gloves on those types of calls. So I so I remember when they had the gloves. and the, <laughs> Just crazy stuff, and and we had so many cool crews that are now, like I said, captains and chiefs and retired chiefs and people that are eternal friendships, and it was just seeing that and knowing what my family gave up, you know, sacrificed. And yeah, now we're a bigger company and we've done a lot of great things over the last 20, you know, 42 years, but at least in just the last 10, 15 years, but it wasn't always peaches and rainbows, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our uh, Christmas dinners were fights, you know what I mean? Like, okay, well, the medic people are over here arguing about medic, the other families over here opening gifts. And, I mean, that's just, that's how we live and breathe this thing. And so I saw that from my my uncle, my aunt, and my mom had three major characteristics of each other, characteristics mm-hmm. that were all equally different. My uncle was an EMT, he was a caregiver. My Aunt Marisa had no clue about clinical, but she would turn the lights off,
2: right?
0: <laughs> she would make sure the ordering's right. She yeah. would make sure the business side, right? And then my mom took over the billing, revenue cycle, and they each had their own you know but they're brothers and sisters too right yeah, so it's, i did it you did it right but there's so were such a great team for me to grow up and watch um and so you know as, as i just grew up and grew up in the business and being around it, it that, that never left me so when i went to high school and played sports you know i didn't know what i wanted to do and then as i graduated high school i started my senior year started working as an SST and as a dispatcher.
1: And wh- what does
0: SST mm-hmm. mean? Sorry, Supply Support Technician. So yep. I restock the ambulances, and I loved it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't gonna go to a four-year um, for whatever reason. I could've got to a couple, but I was like, yeah, my sisters went to JC, so I went to Sac City. And the moment I went to Sac City, I'm like, this is stupid, I should've gone to a four-year, right? <laughs> um, that was just me, everybody's <laughs> different, right? You have people that are four-year people and two-year people, and I yeah. should've been in a four-year, but I didn't. So I just got motivated to work, right? And I loved being EMT, I became EMT fairly quickly, but I loved being dispatching. My first day dispatching, I created like two posts, Mm. right? I know Mm -hmm. it's weird, but it just, it came so Mm -hmm. natural. And Linda, who was a dispatch soup at the time, was a dispatch soup since I was like five. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I knew her my entire life, and I'd ask her, why aren't we doing this, why aren't we doing this? And she's like, well, I don't know. But there's things that like, I can't really explain, right? Like I, I just, I remember Travis, is, a, is a, I was, like, 12 or 11, Travis gave me the entry EMT test we used to have back in the day, and I failed it miserably. Mm. <laughs> the sad thing was, as I pat, I beat three of the people that actually applied as EMT, <laughs> right? And it's just something that, like, I just watched them, and they're just, you know, that's... And people talk about old-school medic or just old-school EMS, mother, yeah. drugs, and speed. That's how it was. You know, people were just really loyal, mm. um... Just ride or die, just cool, just awesome, awesome yeah.
1: mm-hmm. people
0: that built my foundation to what I wanted to be.
1: Yeah, and then speaking of that ride or die, and that that, that culture into what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you you were at the lo- you know entry level, and then worked your way up, you know, through being a paramedic in the field. Mm-hmm. This is a person who's a COO and working in the field as mm-hmm. a paramedic for his uh, you know for his mom's company and mm-hmm. grandparents' company. That's admirable. Yeah. And that's why we wanted to bring you on because that's that's a different aspect. Yeah. And tell us about that aspect. Tell us about
2: mm-hmm. growing
1: up, knowing that you have an ambulance company. However, you have to climb through the ranks to be. And, that, and that's the thing,
0: you know. I'm not dumb in nepotism, right? I, I, but again, in life, you're going to have opportunities that others don't, right? Mm. And whether it's what gives it to you, right? I was, you know, yeah, okay. For whatever reason, I had this opportunity, but I could have said. You know, there's a lot of kids I grew up with that had opportunity and didn't take it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, And I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, right? I do i don't know if I wanted to go to nursing school or do that route. Um, but once I became an EMT, well, actually, once I did dispatching and SST and then an the EMT, was over, right? Mm-hmm. This is what I wanted to do. Um, and so um, I remember when I went to paramedic school, Travis telling me, going, you can't bail. Like, <laughs> y- you can't. Yeah. Like, you know like he was almost warning me like dude either go admin route or but don't go not don't go this route but you know that and trap was my life right mm. i mean just as an ems and a medic and so he would tell me straight up he goes you can't you're gonna go on your internship and you can't fail mm. because everyone's gonna look at you yeah and if you mess up they're gonna look at you how and was you, that pressure i do it was it wasn't that because you know what i loved it so mm-hmm. i was not the greatest student you know like I tell a story because uh, my grandparents died, or my grandma died. It was real close to my freshman year of high school. Things happened. my My GPA in my freshman year was a .85. i <laughs> <laughs> you know like, hey, you gotta try to get that. You gotta well, I, don't know. I do, right? But by the time I graduated, I at a 36, <laughs> right? So it's just development, right? Mm-hmm. And so I didn't like school, even at you know, Los, you know, at Los Rios, but Sac City, mm-hmm. I wasn't a A, B honor roll student. But I was number two in my medical school class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just something clicked. Mm-hmm. I loved being a paramedic, I loved EMS. So th- that pressure didn't bother me, you know, because mm-hmm. I knew I was in it for the right things. I wasn't mm-hmm. in it to be the president or the COO. I loved being a medic. Yeah, And I mean, in my first three years as a medic, I had the hours of a 10 year medic. Yeah. I worked over 5,000 hours each year yeah. for my first three mm-hmm. years. I loved it. This do you morning. feel like you had to do that because no. you were a No, nope. we prodigy. needed we openings. <laughs> right, <so laughs> I needed to go over time. But no, I mean, listen, I had to prove myself, man. You yeah. know, when I, as I When I was an SST, I had EMTs looking at me like, you're just an SST, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah. Then when I became an EMT, I had medics and managers saying, you're just an EMT, you need to be quiet. Then when I became a medic, the medics kind of quieted down right and then the soups were like well you're not a soup and then all of a sudden i became you know what i mean but it was never like that like because i understand if you see somebody like oh this kid is gonna possibly take my job yeah like it wasn't like that Mm -hmm. you do your job you're never gonna have a problem with me yeah right yeah because you're not going to compete with me as a person i have a different path because i know that Mm -hmm. but my uncle never said hey jimmy you become a medic for five years there's a key to your castle yeah. yeah, Because I there was two males in my family before me, right? My cousin was a paramedic in his 19s and 20s, mm. and he became, uh, he's a vacuum fire captain, right? Very successful. Just this wasn't his path for whatever mm. reason. My other cousin, my Reese's son, uh, is a nurse. He's actually the, almost a director of public health in Fresno. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very successful. Would have killed him a medic but for whatever reason that so was, our family's not like hey you're you're gonna get this yeah for whatever reason the timing is right for me me and my uncle had really good synergy yeah I'm wrong our family We're a <laughs> family, but. but he knew that I was in it for him and we were in it together yeah and he let me do a lot of things as I grew up within the industry and I cared about it so yeah
3: what so you talked about nepotism and you said hey i took this opportunity right so you're talking about a lot of people don't have the opportunity so people who are even interested in ems that are listening or brand new emts emrs that are starting out what would you give them for a word of advice that's
0: a great thing so here's the thing we're always looking for great employees right so um it doesn't matter you don't have to own the business and guess what uh you know we were talking earlier about todd Valerian fresno American he, he wasn't even a family member mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he just made himself a valuable piece of that community that that company mm-hmm. and he had the opportunity to eventually buy it now he's the single owner so mm-hmm. you never know I've had even family members you know say well, well you got opportunity well, listen you don't know what life's gonna show mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. but I would say that if you want to be if you want to work in private EMS right you want to be an EMT or paramedic you want to be fired first of all when you come into EMS you don't know where you're gonna end up mm-hmm. right? But there's so much opportunity for great employees, right? So, if you're a great person and you have a great work ethic and um, you want to do this, and it's not just a check, um, with some people it is, but you, you can still be a good employee if that's it. Oh, absolutely. But if, mm-hmm. if don't worry about because I can't be an owner because you don't know you yeah. could be the next generation of owners because this generation of everything, every generation cycles through. Mm-hmm. Doesn't and doesn't mean that has to be. Well, you have to be an owner to get that generation, right? There's so much opportunity. So I think that's a great question because just because you maybe not be the owner, you don't know what the future holds. Mm-hmm. But if you got a great work ethic, you love people, you love helping people, you
1: love the industry, you're going to be great. So speaking of that generation, you know, your your grandparents and your mom and all that, your uncle, what are you instilling with your generation? What What is the legacy left behind for Jimmy when yeah. he leaves medic. Yeah, <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> uh, but I could say my, my goal is to just always make medic better, right? Yeah. I mean I we, we we're not perfect. I say that in the academy when I talk to employees, we're not perfect. Um, but I could say that during my time I medic's a better place than what it was before I was here. Right? We're stronger, we run more calls, we have great employees, we're much you know we've been able to grow with the third generation which not a lot of companies can do mm. um and i also think it also comes down to that we're not we were never and that that goes to my grand my grandparents my uncle my aunt marisa my mom we were never given anything even though people might think that we all had to work for it cindy's mm. a nurse my sister cindy is our vp of quality she's a nurse practitioner mm-hmm. she worked at UC davis she got her bsn she got her nurse practitioner as the vp mm. you know so We're not stopping, Sandy. Same thing. My cousin Christy. Each of us have our own um, parts of the business, Mm -hmm. and we care. That's the other part, right? We we don't just, hey, cool, thanks. This is a great business. We're out. Mm -hmm. We love it. Like Mm. so, I'm on calls every day with either the state association, the national association, something that has to do with the um, industry to keep improving it. And I think. That's a big deal for us, right? It's yeah. not just, oh, it's a check. Right? Mm-hmm. This is a business, but it's our life, it's our community. Mm-hmm. right? Where we live is where we cover. Mm-hmm. And we're not just trying to rapidly grow. That's not medic. That's never been mm-hmm. ours. Will we grow? Yes, I mean, we've proven we can grow. But it's yeah. not like, oh, we just want to prove to this person that we have 800,000 calls and this. We want to control our market, which we've done. We want to build great local relationships. We want to prove ourselves with our great employees who want to support our employees the best we can. But again, we're not perfect. I can Mm. say all those great things, (laughs) but we're not perfect.
3: So Jimmy, speaking of supporting your great employees, Mm -hmm. um, obviously Project Mayday is about mental wellness. And what is something, you know, you talk about a lot of progression in the last decade. What's something that the company has done (laughs) to promote mental wellness?
0: So, um, you know, the funny thing is as we've evolved, you know, from the old school to the new school, mental wellness, it, and that's part of being a baby industry, right? Mm-hmm. That we really are now that we're hitting 50 years or whatever yep. as an industry. That's a huge piece that's come on and it should have came on 30 years ago, yeah. but it was just like, all right, you know, but that's not how it is. And so we saw that many years ago, started uh, a coaches program, which essentially caring for our employees and creating co acronyms because it's EMS. Right? <laughs> but we took it from a, a company out of Missouri um there was a smaller service that created their coaches program to support their employees uh turn it in even i think to a 501 or i don't know that they call it a missouri but it's a nonprofit too to help support other issues that are going on for their employees and we hopefully can develop something like that but yeah. the coaches program is essentially training any employee that wants to be cisd trained that can help support critical incident um uh, training support we have a bad call um, we can, those coaches will give a call. Matt McCarthy, who's one of our long term EMTs, is our leader of the coaches program. Deidre Newton, who's a, a supervisor, she helps from the management side mm-hmm. so that it doesn't get caught up at our executive level, that they can do what they need to do and have the full support of our team. Uh, but the coaches, they're there to support each other and yeah. not management saying, Hey, come talk to me. Right? Yeah. right because right. some people are like, Ah. Uh, No, you guys, and that's even, Deidre was a coach and now she's a supervisor. We've had to teach her to back off Mm -hmm. a little bit because this isn't an employee support group. We're there to support Mm. and get whatever we need, Um, but yeah, and we also have a local counselor that we pay for out of our EAP, Employee Assistance Program, that's not part of that. So if we have an employee that has issues, we can send them to an EMS-specific counselor here in Salama County.
3: Alright, Jimmy, so who do you turn to? What do you do?
0: Man, I got my wife, so I, I have my wife, I have my sisters. I mean, when you're in a family business, you know, that we have our family, so mm-hmm. we're lucky, right, for that, I, you know, and I have a very supportive wife who uh, helps me, uh, Kid, you know, having kids is really helped too, um, but, you know, I'm blessed to have a good, good family support system behind me, and I think that's number one, um, so... Yeah, that's who I try to do. Um, I annoy the crap out
1: of my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it from your office. Uh, yeah. but uh, No, so let's, let's, let's go back a little bit to the back end of things that people don't really hear in running 911 calls as a medic. The people out there that just think that we go to 911 calls and nothing happens on the back end. What happens on the back end? When, when a 911 call is responded to, what happens on the back end?
0: Yeah, I, I mean there's so many layers to that mm-hmm. that question and answer but you know if we just go with what happened recently we had a local firefighter go on a cardiac arrest mm. on you know our crew was on the fire got canceled from the fire then got called back code three saw a crew go on C, you know CPR like oh and then they see it's a firefighter that they run with that's crazy that's mm-hmm. an emotional call um, and we had a, it was a newer paramedic we've with this for a couple of years and a newer EMT uh, been with this for a little over a year. But I called them, like, hey, listen, I've been in Sonoma County as an EMS provider for over 21 years, I haven't had that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had officer ball shootings, which are emotional in themselves, but we run with fire. Like, we're in it with fire every day on every call. You know, PD and S are on those certain calls, but us and fire on every call So that's a never event, right? And so we need to, we sent that crew home. Um, and so it's just making sure that on those calls that we educate employees not just on that firefighter that's a never call but letting them know that every call has its own trigger yeah mm. right your grant you can run on I remember running call lady reminded me and she wasn't obviously I, I'm white this is an African American lady and she reminded me of my grandma mm-hmm. mm. it was crazy the way she talked the way she did this the way she communicated with me and that was crazy mm. like, and just how I felt after the call just wanted to go back and make sure she was good, which I do with most of my patients, but like this one was just totally different level. Mm. And it's like understanding that we, you know, we have to process it. I think a lot, I think EMS is fun for ex athletes, I think, <laughs> because we like playing games, yeah. right? And I might play the same team three different times and we'll have this, you got the same score, but the way we got that score will never be the same. 100%. And if mm-hmm. I run a call, a diabetic call um, on the same lady, same corner same city it's never the same yeah that's the stuff i love about ems that's the thing that you don't get out of always a desk job or that you won't always you know that even being able to have that clinical side you know it's so cool whether in a hospital whether you know you're doing different aspects of ems everything we deal with is different
3: so i really like going into the administration side of things just because people really don't know Mm -hmm. right and one of the big things with EMS, especially in California, is the disparity between private industry and fire, right? When we talk about salaries, right? So, of course, um, it's kind of different because MEDIC is union, and so it's very transparent, so we don't really, there's a lot of things with MEDIC that's different, because the private industry, you don't have to be union-based, and everyone can have a different pay scale. Mm -hmm. So, that really does, Create a lot of equity, but in your personal opinion, in the state of California, and I'm not just talking about medic, I'm talking about private industry versus fire. What do you think is the big difference for paramedics, EMTs, to get paid?
0: Uh, I think it's just a bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the reality is that um, we can't afford to run our system at that level, paying those paramedics that. I, I can't speak to fire economics on how they exactly do it. Uh, but I can know that if I paid what a starting medic would be at a fire department in California,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and what I paid on my rig, it would we'd be in the red. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, And that sucks. I mean, I would love to pay them as much as we can. Um, and medic's always been very aggressive in our pay, especially in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. For uh, Now we're in union negotiations right now, and so mm-hmm. hopefully we'll keep that level of being very uh, competitive. Um, but it's tough you know it, you know we lose to fire because of of that and mm. we don't want to we don't want to um but you also have to understand that you know you can why are you losing people if i'm losing other people to other privates there's a major issue mm. right mm-hmm. which we rarely do um voluntarily right <laughs> uh, but if we lose them you know we lose them but we don't we lose them to fire and yeah. that end becomes a being good right i mean to some degree it's career development that's where some people want to go and then some people realize i don't want to be a firefighter then come back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so we don't condemn that you want to be right. a firefighter right that's that's the biggest thing too mm-hmm. is over the last many years for us it's been okay like i've been at so many different fire guys graduations that work for us that mm-hmm. got like hired that proud of them Hey, that's what they want to do cool mm-hmm. um, but in california there is a disparity in terms of what a fire paramedics you paid and what a private paramedics you mm-hmm. paid. Yeah. And all I can say from my perspective, it's a fiscal
1: thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, at the, at the end of the day you gotta not be in the red for your family. Right. Yeah, yeah. You gotta take care of your family. Right. On that, you know, this man hasn't been in this, you know, chief executive or Operation position all his life. He's been a medic. Mm-hmm. So talk about that mental aspect of it deep uh, like dive deep down into some calls if you're willing to yeah. talk about it Talk about some calls that have affected you. Yeah, so well, I'm gonna go right to a,
0: a call. We had in Vallejo um, that uh, I actually super responded um, It was for a baby not breathing and when we got there and uh, a fire medic I've known for a long time used to work for us a, actually him and his wife met at our company <laughs> uh, I'm still good friends with him today but he was there and then one of my friends was the uh, paramedic on the rig get there and I had the airway and I remember going for the airway and, and I remember you know you look and especially on a baby this 9 month old baby you're looking for anatomical stuff yeah. so I thought I saw the vocal cords because I saw a little white you know white thing so I went for it but it like I hit like I felt like I hit a wall mm-hmm. so it was just weird, right? I've had mm. PD tubes before, and I suction because I'm like maybe that's something there, and then I go again, see the same thing, and I and I go and just hit a wall. Fuck mm. you know, in my head, like we're... so, we just start bagging again. We start going again in the back. Matt, Matt is my friend, our medic, and he tries to innovate. Same thing, doesn't get it. Um, finally, the fire medic, and you're probably not really uh, the right. Uh, trained in school to do it this right. <laughs> but elevated the baby like this and was able to you know, not ripper but looked in with the before and saw like by what I was doing, what Matt was doing was suctioning, all of a sudden if you have like a napkin, it was coming out like this mm. much out. Mm. Like what is that look like gum almost coming out of this airway. Yeah. And uh, the fire medic grabs the forceps, we yank it and it just comes out and it's like this wadded up uh, they were uh baby wipes mm. so they had been shoving the baby wipes down the throat mm. with every breath the baby had so um, we pulled out we're like what the yeah because we're 20 minutes into the call right yeah uh, oh. so, and um we're cpr now we got an airway bag we pull right up to kaiser bring the kid in kaiser gets pulses back mm. right uh baby dies a week later
2: mm.
0: uh, Come to find out that the family member, or whoever who shouldn't even have been around the baby, mm. had, had you know—forcibly put all that stuff down the, the kid's throat. Jeez. So, it was like, those are—you know—I mean, those, that was a crazy call because we we're like, I'm going to my what I understand, and um, and and then all of a sudden you see that you're like, whoa, like no. just, you know, like good and bad all at once. It's like you know, you we think we're doing this, and there's this crazy thing going on, and yeah.
2: then
0: some other stuff, and this is just me as a medic, I learned, I brought this up about, you know, being an athlete. I obviously don't look like an athlete, but I was an athlete. <laughs> oh, no, d- dang right you are. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I always, I loved the, the game of it, you know, mm-hmm. like, so, you know, I'm not saying I don't personalize patients, but they're patients, mm-hmm. right? And then I get to the next call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was how I got through it, right? Mm-hmm. It was patient, next call, patient, next yeah. call. And then you have your triggers, and I and I understand that. But, like, you have calls where, you know, we're trained, we do this, we know this is going to happen. I did everything right. Yeah. But the outcome, you know. And I remember to this day, I was a medic. Actually, the Matt, the medic I was talking about was my EMT at that time. Mm. We ran this call on a golf course right on a Sunday, beautiful Sunday day like today. And it was a um, 37-year-old father of five was playing golf by himself, got paired with a, uh, a fire captain and a battalion chief from a local, not Solana County, but adjacent county, They came to play in Vallejo that day. And those three got paired up together, randomly. Well, he hits a drive, and he goes down, hmm. right? The battalion chief and the captain are like, oh, sh-. like, boom, they started CPR right away, call 911. Hmm. Um, and the battalion chief in Vallejo was going from fire station to fire station, just so happened to be right in front of yeah. The golf course he runs up the golf runs up the golf course right and gets on scene we start firing Genesco. he gets on scene applies the AED takes over CPR does two shocks it was dope for me because we came driving down the golf course like literally mid fairway and after, well actually I guess he shot an iron because I remember driving down the like, <laughs> yeah that's cool I it, and done that so we get on scene they're doing CPR they got an AED I'm like whoa this is you don't see this all the time um, and we get out I'm like yo we're gonna get this one like yeah. a younger dude like mm-hmm. really fit I got I remember I got a 14 in his AC we gave uh, Epi and then the fire crew was two of my really good friends um, from Vallejo so it was just one of those perfect calls where, yeah. oh this is money we shocked him five times gave every I mean emptied out the the drug got him to Kaiser they shocked him worked him for another hour and a half and called him Wow. never came back and I just and then I, I remember two weeks later I had this 90 year old almost PEA code mm-hmm. down for 30 minutes we get pulse with that yeah <laughs> right you it's know, frustrating. frustrating it's not our it, it, so I right. just I'm I'm a man of faith right so for me it's just yeah. I do what I can control um, but it's not our call that's the way I live it right yeah. it's just not my call who lives or dies Yeah. I can do my part I do what I'm trained Yeah. but I've seen calls and I just kind of leave it to it's not up to me
1: no. Yeah. And then you being a leader within your you know realm that you're at with Medic Ambulance, and then also being a medic in the field,
2: mm-hmm.
1: when you have employees come up to you and say, hey, I had this bad call, hey, you know, I'm going through something, whatever the case may be, I'm sure you've had that in your stint of being yeah. COO. How do you deal with it? I try to be receptive, man. I mean, it's, just, it's fun
0: to talk it out. I think it's therapeutic sometimes to talk it out. And then know that we have resources, right? Yeah. I mean, every I said earlier, every generation changes, right? And I think one of the positive things of this generation is gonna be wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, our new workforce chooses wellness over working,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? So we it's more likely to get a part-timer to work two or three days a week so that they can have their time,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? They're not- are you, are you an advocate for that? I'm an advocate whatever somebody wants to do, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so I, I don't think that that's, t- I didn't do that. It worked just fine for me, right? Um, I only hit my dog four times a night instead of three. (laughs) Um, I'm just saying, like, you know, know, just that's how – but I'm good with that. Like, I have my, you know, ways to decompress and do what I need to do. So I think everybody's different. I think it's understanding that, just like the world was understanding. Everybody's different. Everybody has different triggers. Understanding it where in the past it wasn't an understanding. Mm -hmm. It was like, let's go. If you think you're going to control the workforce – over the generations, they're gonna change. They're mm. gonna adapt. Mm. So you gotta adapt with them. You can't no. just say, "Oh, well, this is how it is."
1: Uh, now it's going to put you on the hot seat, brother. You ready? All right, let's go. All right. So the rule is, it's called it's called rapid fire. Okay. Rapid fire. Um, it's like you hear the siren. Rapid fire. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, It's you got to answer in one word or one phrase. All right. Okay. So Bree's gonna ask the questions. You got to answer in one word or one phrase.
3: All right. You ready? First question: What's the hardest part about working with your family? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Speechless.
0: No, I mean you said one word, one phrase. The hardest part.
1: Yeah. Um Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. Excluding Jimmy. Excluding <laughs> Jimmy. I wanna hear the next one.
0: Um <laughs> Uh what is the hardest part? Oh what Well Man, that's, you got me. but yeah. I, I mean, no, I, Only gets from I, here, brother. <laughs> it's honestly hard for me to say it because honestly, I like it and I, I can deal with the negatives of it. But um, because I, I, I want to say uh, letting go, mm. but I'm able to let go. But you know, mm. the hardest thing is in an Italian family. I know it's one word and fire, but um, in, in a family business, what we're really good at, at least for us, is I say my piece and move on. Mm. Right? Like we'll be like. like every, People would be like, damn, is that what's going on in there? And that'd be yeah. like my mom and Aunt Marisa <laughs> and, Rudy and us. And all of a sudden, we're eating lunch together. You know, it's like, because it's emotional. Yeah. Right? The business is emotional. Our industry is emotional. But for us, we can easily, I mean, for not easily, I can't speak for everybody. But for me, it's like, you know, I like being able to say my piece, mm. right? And I can just say it freely. I can't do that mm-hmm. if I was just Joe Schmo at, you know. Yeah. Starbucks, I'd probably get fired, you know, yeah. but yeah. I can say it, <laughs> let it go, and move on. Oh, so okay. Uh, sorry.
1: Okay. Speaking your piece. Yeah, speaking okay. my piece.
3: All right. Okay, second question. How would you rate your karaoke skills on a scale of one to Mariah Carey? From um, <laughs>
0: Probably a uh, below one. <laughs> Give us a reference. In the shower, maybe like the, in my head. Or if I have these cool earphones on, maybe I'll think of a 10. Or no earphones, maybe a 10. But then if you put them on, probably a minus five. <laughs> <laughs> minus five,
1: okay.
0: Yeah, okay. What's the song you like to sing? Ooh, uh, well, you know, what's funny is I'm not a big Beaver guy, but the Beaver song out right now, man, I love his album. Peaches? like Peaches. I'm on Hold On. <laughs> hold on. on okay. Right now is my mm-hmm. jam. Okay. I can. I can dig. Hold on. Hold on. My beaver in the shower. I actually want to see uh, EMS mix video to hold on because I think it'd be a good. Pick.
3: Okay. Okay. Third question. What's your spirit animal?
0: Who? Um, my spirit animal. Ooh, let me think. What do I dream about? <laughs> what's good? What's a good? What's a good one that I think that I correlate with? You know I I love lions, so I'm gonna go lion.
3: Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, that
1: is a good
3: one. All right, question four. If you didn't run an ambulance company, what would you do?
0: I'd be running some yeah sports organization.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: I would have gone that route. I would have loved to gone route. I mean, my dream would have been to go that route. I Uh love sports. Mm. And I actually think it's funny because, you know, in today's world. You don't have, you know, I, was, I played high school sports. I wasn't a college athlete or you know, I think I tried out for Sac City and was cut after the day. But um, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. But my point is, is like, I love sports. So mm-hmm. I, I would have loved to like come up in some organization somewhere in a perfect world. Right. No, mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I love sports. So oh. I would have been there. All
3: right. Last question. What is one word to describe EMS? Compassion. Mm-hmm.
0: I, 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 I mean, I think. In so many facets of that, I mean, how we deal. Um, we have a four core that we talk about with our employees and customer cares one. I think that falls into compassion. How you care about your partner, how you care about what your manager is going through, how you care about what your employee, from my perspective, what your patients. You have to have compassion for the person you're working on, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we had this discussion earlier, but in our industry, you know, we treat anybody at any time, and so. You have to have compassion for someone who just might have injured your friend, mm-hmm. right? You have to treat that patient um, and do it with the high level of care. So, no. I, I think compassion.
1: No, absolutely, and you and you absolutely embody that by being a CEO and then also being on the in the field at mm-hmm. one in the morning, right? With your company, I mean that yeah. that definitely embodies compassion, and I think that's what uh, nineteen seventeen I mean, for whatever yeah, the yeah, company's yeah, been, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> has been around. It's 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 compassion, and it's it's being a part of the the, just the infrastructure of the county, and then the hospitals, and just absolutely everything that has to do with Santa County. You're involved, and. Uh, we absolutely commend you for that, man. And then thank you for coming on and yeah, and talking. Yeah, and talking about awesome. the inner workings of mm-hmm. an ambulance company. Hope oh, was great. I love time. it. Go Project Mayday. <laughs> <laughs> this is Project Mayday.
3: Call out. Call out.